You're listening to Fight in Progress. With your hosts and stress coaches, founder of Under the Shield, Susan Simmons, and TomTheBomb.com. Fight in Progress grapples with the internal and external struggles in the daily lives of our men and women in law enforcement, the armed forces, and first responders. Tackling the tough topics and supporting those who support us. We hear you, and we're here for you. Welcome back to Under the Shield Presents Fight in Progress. Hello, Susan. Hello, Tom. I Hello, think... Joelle. Hello, guys. Gosh, two in a I row. Know, huh? Look ding, at you, Joelle. Is it stressing you out not to be on vacation? Technically, it should have been three. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yes. <laughs> yeah, for those of you that are, that are our listeners, these two tend to take long vacations. Oh, yeah. And then I have to pick up the slack well, here. Well, it's always the, much longer in Susan's mind than what it really is, right, yeah, Joelle? Yeah, whatever. Y'all are full of crap, and you know it. Jeez. Just because you spread them out and do it three weeks every other month or something, whatever. Yeah. I don't know where that's in your contract, but if it is, I need to go back and amend it. I, I at least stayed in the country last time I went. <laughs> Puerto Rico is part of the country. Whatever. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, you were up in New York. I'm not sure that's part of the country, but <laughs> so it's questionable at this point. Right. <laughs> you know, they got a crazy governor up there. So. Yeah. Up in uh, Wappingers Falls. Whatever the so, heck that is. Yeah, yeah. My, my friend says that's upstate, and then everyone from there says definitely not. And then it starts a big argument. But I don't, yeah, is it near the Canadian barely, border? No, it's like plenty. It's like right across the Hudson. But oh, if it's not gosh. in the city, oh. they say it's upstate. Yeah, well, so. yeah that sounds good. Yeah, I'd like to hear Rich Max take on that. We yeah, may have to call him and talk to him. Right. The retired lieutenant from NYPD. I bet he'd have something to say about that too. You know, funny story though. So I was watching The Commuter. Have you guys seen that? Mm-mm. Liam Nielsen. Yeah, yeah. He's like on the train or whatever. Right. Anyways, it takes place on that same train that I took. I was like, wait, this kind of, these these stops sound familiar. <laughs> and like everything happens like right at Wappinger's Falls, like where we were at. Wow. Did, did he call it upstate in the movie too? <laughs> no, no. But but Diana got freaked out. She's like, oh my God, so we're Ubering back. <laughs> People have no sense of adventure these days. You children, good heavens. You know, geez, have a little, have a little fun. I, apparently that's a movie I must need to watch or it's something. A good one. <laughs> I assume it's like Netflix or Prime or something. Uh, where do we? I think it was Netflix. That yeah, I watched it. I think it was Netflix. All right, I'll make a note or send me a text because I won't remember to look at my notes. But send me a text. <laughs> that's something I need to watch one one day when I have all my spare time because you people are on vacation all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Some of us don't get to do anything. <laughs> anyway, Tom, tell us about. Got any updates on anything? Um, nothing new going on. I don't know. Did we announce about that uh, about our our garbage can theory and our training is now the Arizona Peace Officer Standards and Training uh, State Standard, standard yeah. for all academy classes. Well, that's great because it's, it's they need to do something from what they were doing. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Man. yeah, what they were doing ain't working very well. And no. so, uh, yeah, so only took me 32 years to get Can here. Can we publicly say that what they had before was just um, – like, also trash. Like, <laughs> like all academies across the country that I've dealt with so far, you know, when you used to hear things like 
They were teaching gut level stress. What the hell is yeah. gut level stress? And I'm sure some officers going to be out here going, oh, there's that gut level stress Susan was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm going to come up with my own basura theory. <laughs> basura is garbage. <laughs> what they had was garbage. Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, sorry, I can't say much better for the military, uh, at least not the Marine Corps, given what my son was was trained with and the, you know, uh, yoga and the and, and again, don't get me wrong, yoga's a great benefit, but I don't think that's gonna help somebody who's at a point of being really in full garbage can. Right. Let's just say that's probably not gonna help them right off the bat. But I, yeah, I agree with yeah. that. Yeah, so it's you know, but we're excited because at least it's beginning to be a proactive, preventative, not a reactive. Mm-hmm wait till they are ready to kill themselves or have full garbage cans that we can at least start to educate them and then it's up to them to do what we're talking about and so we'll see why are you laughing to i'm just thinking of the trainings how they said that i was proactive before but then everything was like so after this happens <laughs> these are the next steps that's, that's right. what the training consisted yeah. of or the preventative suicide uh, the suicide prevention courses that wait till you're suicidal to intervene yeah that's prevention right yeah right good plan people no wonder we got problems all over this country in these areas but (laughs) we're coming around so all right tom tell us about our guest today so our guest today is a military mom she's a a mighty mom actually yes Uh, all us military moms are mighty moms (laughs) what are you talking about trace and i read a book and tammy's story was in this book um and so that's that's how we got to know who she was what's the name Um, of the book um it's mighty moms isn't it mighty moms of water reed right Mighty Moms of what? Walter Reed. Oh, Walter Reed. Okay, awesome. Um, And so Tammy Karchner, she's our guest, and she is the mom of a Army soldier. And and daughter, too, is in the Army. No, she's... So daughter's married to a Navy. Married to Navy. Okay, (laughs) and she she is married to military also. And Tammy is. Yeah. Yeah. Tammy's husband's retired Navy. Yep. Okay, cool. So you got all kinds of military ties, don't you? Yes. <laughs> so your son um, was in the army. He was over in Iraq, and he was shot when he was over there, and then eventually went to Walter Reed and had to be taken care of there. So I I want you to explain everything and in your own words and how all that stuff went down. But uh, thank you for coming on our podcast today. Um, we're looking forward to hearing the, yeah, the, the story and talking to you. Because, you know, the thing about it is I never knew this story. And I'm sure there are a lot of our listeners who've never heard this story. And this right. is the kind of story the public people need to understand that there's a lot of stuff that we are not being told about. And this, I think, is an important story. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. So tell us how it all kind of came about from the, uh, was your son one that because his dad was military, he was always going in the military? How did that come about? So pretty much. Um, Jeffrey Jeffrey joined in 2008 and was shot September 23rd of 2010. He had been in country less than 90 days. But Jeffrey's um, situation was a little different. Mm -hmm. Jeffrey was shot by his roommate, his um, 
brother in arms is what they call each other. Right. And um, two other gentlemen that was in the room, they were both killed. Wow. And um, I talked to my son every day because he, I would get home from work and hurry up and get on Skype. Mm -hmm. because he was working nights so um i was able to talk to him mm -hmm. <clears throat> and he told me on tuesday he says mom i'm not gonna be able to talk to you for a while we're going dark and um going dark means all comms are outside is is you know done mm -hmm. and i said okay i said just you know let me know i'll check the skype messages every day just let me know when you're back mm -hmm. he said okay so that was on Tuesday, um, the incident happened between 11.18 and 11.23 p.m. their time on a Thursday. And I actually went to work on Friday and um, I looked at my, um, my phone and not my cell phone, my house phone, and there was two calls from my son's unit. And I um, I called my husband. I said, did you answer the calls this morning? He said, no. He said, I didn't answer them. He said, I thought they were telemarketers. Well, one was at like 6.57 and one was at 7.02. Mm -hmm. And they were different numbers. So he said, call it. So I did. So I, the first gentleman said you know i can't talk to you and um but i'll have the major call you i'm like okay well i thought it was kind of weird because but i had just paid off a couple of um payday bills is what what i what we call them they're the little loans places outside the base jeffrey had just got a couple loans and i took care of all jeffrey's bills while he was over there and i had just paid off a couple of them so i thought you know maybe they were telemarketers so they called me and they're like um we just want to tell you that jeffrey it, or um private shank is stable and i'm like wait a minute what do you mean stable wow and they're like well he's he's stable and i'm like excuse me i'm like i am five thousand miles away from my son Mm -hmm. And you're telling me he's stable. Stable can mean many different things. Sure can. And he's like, well, all I can tell you is he's stable. I'm going to have to get more information and I'll call you back. But um, <laughs> I'm like, okay. So I got off the phone. Sorry. It's okay. And, and they didn't tell you, like, what happened. They just... No. They didn't say he was injured. They just said he's stable. And this was his unit calling. <laughs> wow. So typically, typically when a soldier is injured or any, any military member is injured, they the Department of Army, what well, should have been the Department of Army that would call me right. and explain. Mm -hmm. And I'll get to that in a minute. Um, so I called my husband and I said, something's happened to Jeffrey. Mm -hmm. Sorry. No, take your time. This is uh, moms. Moms have a have a little different role here than uh, yeah. than spouses do. Exactly. Sorry, we we gave birth to them. We kind of we kind of have a right. right to feel this way. 
my heart is in my little toe and I'm thinking I just need to be with my son. Sure. I don't know what's wrong. Sure. I just need to be with my son. Yes. Well, especially since he had gone dark. Now, I assume this isn't the first time he had gone dark um, on the deployment or was it? Yeah, he was on the deployment, but yes and no. But the thing about it is, is September 1st, they had changed where they had pulled and they called it operation something. I don't remember what, what they are now, but there was two different operations. So uh, September 1st, they pulled everybody out of Iraq and they went to Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. So... Um, when they did that, basically everybody that was in Iraq was the cleanup unit. So I was thinking, you know, he's safe. Mm-hmm. You know, my son was a um, 25 uniform, which is a com. I don't remember what it's called, but he, he was a calm um, person. So he dealt with towers and different types of things. So, you know, he wasn't out in the trucks and out in the field and, you know, and in all the action. And I knew that he was basically safe. Mm -hmm. So I called my husband and I told him something's happened to Jeffrey. And he said, I'll be home in 20 minutes. And, um, so I called my friend Gary and, um, he, he's a supervisor for my company and I said look Gary he's he was a retired officer I said look Gary Jeffrey's been injured I don't know anything he said I got you taken care of don't worry about it no was your so husband I, still in the military or he was already retired no, he was already retired okay. he right. retired in 2007 okay so then I called Mary and Mary was a co-worker that's on my team And um, I told her, I said, Mary, I said, and her husband was a master chief in the Navy, retired. And I said, Mary, I said, Jeffrey's been injured. I don't know anything. All I can tell you is he's been injured. And she said, I got you taken care of, Tammy. Don't worry about it. So um, my daughter was actually sleeping. And this is like 2, 2.30 in the afternoon. And she heard me cry and i was i was in the stairwell basically well in the foyer and she heard me cry and um she come down or she came to the top of the stairs i'm actually in her room right now and she come to the top of the stairs and i have 16 stairs to my first floor and she said mom what's wrong And I just looked at her and I said, it's Jeffrey. She flew down them steps, gave me a hug and says, mom, think positive. What happened? I said, I don't know anything. I can't, I couldn't, my mind was blank. Sure. And (laughs) so I said, I don't know. All I want to do is get to my kid. Mm -hmm. And she said, mom, everything's going to be okay you know, it's going to be fine. Don't think negative, think positive. Jeffrey's nickname is asshole. (laughs) And she said, mom, Jeffrey is very strong. He's like you, you know, he's got this. So I was like, okay, well, my husband came home and um, the major called and they couldn't go into detail now, how long of a time frame are we talking about from when you they said we'll get more information and yeah. then they call? 
an hour, if that. Okay. They already knew all the information. Sure they did. So I couldn't comprehend anymore, and I told him that. Mm -hmm. And so when they talked to my husband, they told him that um, there was an incident. My son had been shot. He had been shot in the leg and in the head. And um, they said it's not doesn't look good. And he said, okay, he said, what do I need to do? And it, they said, hang tight, the Department of Army will call you. And I said, okay. So I'm pacing back and forth, you know, and I'm a smoker and I went outside, I don't smoke in my house and went outside and was smoking and crying and everything and my phone, you know, my cell phone was going crazy and I knew I had to tell my dad. But still no word on who had shot him or how he got shot or anything or the other nothing. two. Okay. Nothing, nothing. So um, when later that evening, it was probably 5, 5.30, they called again and um, said that he was in stable condition. He was, I don't remember where he went, Kandahar. Mm -hmm. And um, when he went to Kandahar, they they put him on the helo first and they didn't the doctor that put him on the helo just happened to be there he wasn't there typically um they were going from from camp to camp or base to base and he decided to stay an extra day hmm. and thank god he did yep because um the medics were are the ones that you know were on him but the doctor's the one that put him on on the helo and he didn't think that my son was going to make it well that i found out later and um so when when he got to germany so this happened on thursday he didn't get to germany until and i'm jumping around a little bit here okay. he didn't get to germany until saturday afternoon so back to back to friday um the Department of Army called me at 20 to 10 at night to tell me what was going on. They told me it was his whole leg, left leg, that um, was wounded, his head, his hand, and that there was a possibility that we would be going to Germany. It all depended on how, you know, how he was doing, but they wanted to get him back to the states as quickly as possible so i was like okay so i contacted i contacted my mom and my dad and i didn't my my sister lived with my parents and i didn't want to talk to my mom and dad so um when my sister got home from work i had told her i said i need to talk to you and I said, you need to tell mom and dad what's going on. And she's like, Tammy, I thought he was in a safe place. And I said, yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. And um, so I told him, you know, you need to tell dad. And my dad was ill. And I was afraid my dad would have a heart attack. So he's the, he's the oldest grandchild. He's the first grandchild. And um, the youngest is a, is a boy as well. And so, you know, I just didn't want know what my dad, you know, how my dad would react. Sure. And he was the one I worried about. I can handle anything, but I was just worried about my dad. Mm -hmm. And 
my dad told my sister they're not telling her everything <laughs> and um i had told my sister what i knew but i couldn't i didn't i said you know don't tell him anything else and she she said that's what daddy said so she called me later so anyways so did they tell you who had done this nothing still don't know that wow didn't know anything so um i got a phone number to call germany and um i could call every day i just had to call the department of army and it was like a telecommunity or a telecenter and they would call for me so it wasn't costing me any money so um that's how i could get my updates and i could call three or four times a day however many times i wanted when i wanted you know it didn't matter so i contacted his um his aunt because my current current husband is not his father I contacted Jeffrey's aunt on his father's side to have her relay all the information because I didn't have a phone number for for the, his father. So he did so she took care of all that. And then on fast forward Monday um I was I went to work. I was cuz you know I didn't know the status. He was doing okay. He was still um he was critical. So within like three days he was stable critical seriously critical and i'm like so what is he you know <laughs> yeah yeah let's narrow this down yeah so um on monday morning the department of the navy i had already knew because i called before i went to work um i knew i was going to germany so monday morning i went to work and um i have to be at work with then at 6 30 went to work and was going to go into my meeting, let everyone know what was going on. And they called and said um, that we are going to Germany, that he is not getting any better. So typically if, which I found out later after much later, if you go to Germany, it means that you're basically going to say goodbye. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I can't, you know, we can't do this. So I arranged everything for, you know, for the pets, packed, did all, everything. We had to go get our passports. Um, I think Courtney's passport, which is my daughter, her passport was um, expired. And I think you have to have like six months left. And mine and Tom's wasn't expired yet. So we were good. So we had to go to Germany, but we got our, um, we had to go to DC. We got a parking ticket. <laughs> hundred $110 parking ticket for parking somewhere where we weren't supposed to. I hope the army we paid getting... for that. No, they didn't. <laughs> um, they don't give us anything. They would have came and got us and took us up there to do that. But we had so much to do. Mm -hmm. We didn't want to schedule, you know, a driver and, you know, the whole nine yards. So, so we did it on our own. So we left Tuesday night and went to Germany, got there Wednesday, Wednesday morning. Yeah, Wednesday morning, and um, I had already talked to Jeffrey's neurosurgeon. Well, I used to work at a hospital when I um, when I was overseas, and when I came when I was here, I had met a nurse, a Navy nurse, and his name is Tom. And I called Tom and I said, "Look, this is what's going on. Can you explain everything to me?" And he's like, "Oh my gosh." 
Jeffrey and his son were close in age and um, he told me, he said, Dr. Neal is in Launchstool. He's phenomenal and he's the neurosurgeon. And I had already talked to the neurosurgeon and um, I've never, I got to see Dr. Neal in PT clothes, scrubs, his uniform, his dress uniform, and civilian clothes hmm. and the week or two weeks that we were there so anyway so um we got to germany and when i i wanted to get everything taken care of all the paperwork the whole nine yards before i went to see my son and it takes about two to three hours to do all of that so when i went to see jeffrey the chaplain actually even came in to see us when i went to see jeffrey he was um looked like the inside of a radio he had everything imagined hooked up to him um he didn't like the light on they didn't you know i mean it was they were like any movement in the room unless you tiptoed would spike his um intracranial pressure so typical intracranial pressure, if I remember right, is 12. And Jeffries would spike to 15 to 21, which wasn't good. But so he's conscious he would, or they had him no, in a medication-induced no. coma? Or? They, they had him in a coma. Okay. He was, my son was a very skinny person. And when I saw him, my son was huge. Mm. He was his arms his legs i mean even his face he was swelled so bad mm. and um i wish i would have took a picture but i never did i just didn't think that was right but um dr neil explained to me you know that there's a possibility that they're going to have to remove part of a skull to relieve the pressure on his brain and i said do what you need to do you know you you know best so Tom and Courtney, I took Benadryl on the flight to Germany, and Tom and Courtney didn't, and so they were exhausted, so I stayed in the hospital that night and slept in the in the little room, and um, the waiting room right outside ICU, and Chris, Dr. Neal, um, we got on first name basis, so Chris, Chris came to see me about, I think it was like 20 to 5 in the morning, 20 to 6 in the morning, he said, Timmy, I need to, I, I need to take him to surgery. I said, okay. So, um, so they took him in and removed the left side of his skull. And, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, the left side of his skull. And he had started to do much better. <clears throat> so he was shot in the head in the lower left leg. So the 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 army was wrong. Mm -hmm. He was also shot in his hand, and um, I know the viewers can't see, but he was sitting on his bed with his laptop, like on his lap. But he had his legs up, mm -hmm. so he was sitting like this. Well, when he seen the shooter, he went like this, so his hand got shot like right here you guys can see so he blocked his head he was see. trying to yeah, defensive block it yeah. yeah and um so the bullet grazed his skull 
it didn't fracture it. It's about from the forehead, about a finger to two fingers back, right in the center. And then it's his scar. And his scar is probably half an inch to an inch to probably four or five inches long. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, so they removed the skull. He had um, in, he, in his leg, he had a stabilizer and um, where he was shot was above the ankle, probably three inches, four inches above the ankle. So basically that blew it, blew out his tibia and fibia. Wow. So we weren't too worried about the leg. We were worried about the head. So um, Dr. Neal was actually leaving that's why we saw him in so many uniforms so he jeffrey was there for 13 days we were there for a week or eight days we couldn't get a flight back i could have flown with jeffrey home but the flight was totally packed and they wouldn't allow me to be on the medevac flight so it was a german holiday I think this was like the second week in October at this point, or first week in October at this point. So we finally got back and I went straight to the hospital. We um, had pets. So Tom and Courtney wanted to come home, get the pets settled, and then they were coming to the hospital. So we went to Bethesda. We did not get a Walter Reed first because that's where Dr. Neal was. And I told them, you know, I want him to go to Bethesda. I do not want to go to Walter Reed. I've heard horror stories. So absolutely not were we going to Walter Reed. And Dr. Neal agreed with me because he was going back to Bethesda. So Jeffrey was in ICU until the, he was in ICU three weeks, four weeks. And then we moved to, um, I believe it was the fourth floor, might've been the fifth at Walter Reed. And I had talked to um, a friend of mine that said that Jeffrey needed to get into the TBI unit at Walter Reed, which is on the seventh floor. And um, so I pushed for that. And the the army side of the house really bucked me really bad because one they didn't know who i was two they didn't know they didn't you know they didn't know anything and i'm like i know i used to work in a hospital i know many people and this is what i want actually my doctor when i was in sicily was at bethesda and a lot of our friends were there at bethesda so i knew what i was talking about so anyways, we, um, he got moved to the TBI floor. The TBI floor only has five or seven beds and it's a closed unit. So people wow. can't wander. And, um, a lot of times when they, re- let me, when they remove your skull, pending on the type of, um, injury that you have, they put, they keep the skull and they put it in your stomach. Well, because of Jeffrey being in that nasty, dirty area 
I remember cleaning his nails with an orange stick and alcohol pads in Germany because it drove me crazy that his fingers were so dirty. It looked like he had been playing in the mud for years <laughs> and never washed his hands. And they were in, it was in his cuticles, underneath his nails, you know, the whole nine yards. So anyway, so he went to the seventh floor and um, we started working on his leg and um because he's you know his head was good but in the middle of all of this um i had found out that jeffrey someone in jeffrey's unit told me that a fellow soldier shot him and two others were killed and was jeffrey would, communicating with you was he able to talk to nothing okay nothing um there was no you know there was no communication at all even if i would touch his hand you know and say mom's here nothing we got no response he was that deep into a into the coma for how long it was three weeks three and a half weeks okay and um i remember you know we're talking 13 years ago so it's a lot of this was fuzz and to me, but um, I remember we were in ICU. We were, he was, they were starting to pull him out and the chaplain from the White House wanted to talk to me. And um, I was like, who's calling me? I don't know anybody <laughs> from, you know, and they're like, this person, this chaplain wants to speak to you. And, you know, I'm like, okay, so. I'm jumping around here, sorry. So I went to answer the phone and I see you, you know, everybody has my cell phone number. So why wouldn't they be calling me on my cell phone, you know? Sure. And I had the old flip phone, you know, back then. <laughs> so I answered the phone and the gentleman said, this is, you know, this is the chaplain at the White House. And, you know, we wouldn't come, the, um, the first lady is coming and she would, like to you know come and see you and you know visit with you is that okay and I said excuse me who what did you just say <laughs> you know uh -huh. I mean I had been I'd only been at the hospital like a week two weeks so I'm like the first lady's coming to see us and I'm like sure I said but you know Jeffrey really can't communicate I mean he can but he he can't so they came you know there's I mean, the security around the hospital when when the president or vice president or the um, first lady come is, is crazy. So I'm like, I'm going to go have a cigarette and then I'm coming back. If she's here, fine. If she's not, that's fine. Whatever. So I remember her coming in with her entourage and I looked at her and I said, ma'am, I said, with no disrespect, I'm going to talk to you as a mom. And um, she's like, okay. And I said, do you have pillow talk with your husband? And you need to have more psychiatric evaluations on these gentlemen that are going overseas. Not just a little check in a box. Some of these guys have been there once. Some of these guys have been here, been there 10 times or more. Mm -hmm. But there needs to be more psychiatric um, evaluations, deeper. 
And um, she just kind of looked at me and I said, you know, my story. And she said, yes, because I couldn't speak of my story around my son at all. Mm-hmm. And um, I wasn't allowed to talk to anybody, anybody. It didn't, I could talk to my family. That was it. I couldn't talk to anybody else until the officers talked to us and the attorneys got a hold of us. We weren't allowed to discuss anything. <laughs> we were just allowed to say he got shot. Mm-hmm. that's all we were allowed to say so she you know she was she was like I understand and she was very nice I mean as a person she was amazing and um and I told her I said Michelle I said you know I shouldn't be here like this and she said I understand I totally get what you're saying as a mom and so they wanted to take pictures and stuff and Jeffrey was kind of in and out at this point and he looked at her he had no idea who she was and he goes (laughs) (laughs) I'm with him (laughs) maybe he knew more than you thought he knew (laughs) I think so and it was very funny I mean it was very funny I'm like Jeffrey you know this is the first lady you can't do this as you pat him on the back good boy yeah and so how did she she, respond she giggled she thought it was hilarious and she he gave her a thumbs up and they took a picture and she remembered she wrote on because they get they sent us the pictures and she wrote, Jeffrey, I love your arneriness, your quirkiness. Please don't ever lose that. And that's my ornery son. <laughs> Did you tell her his, his nickname? <laughs> Did tell her his nickname. <laughs> so, yeah. so, that explained it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Jeffrey would defy me in everything that I ever asked him to do. I wanted him, I told him I didn't want him, I, I told him I wanted him to go in the Air Force or the Navy. And I said, you, I figure, you know, you'll go in the Marines, but he went in the army. So, <laughs> so yeah. So, I mean, we had a lot of fun, you know, with him because when he first came out, all he wanted to watch was Cartoon Network, which I was, I was good with good. because I'm hearing all the other stuff, you know, I've already been contacted by JAG, um, I've already spoken to, and I am NCIS, and um, I don't remember the Army side of it now, but um, I spoke to two different investigators and, you know, his command, you know, constantly, and I knew that while he was watching Cartoon Network, I knew that he could not get on and see any um, news briefs. Was he asking so, questions though about what happened to him, or did he know? Did he remember anything, or just wasn't even asking? He thought he was at Ohio State. <laughs> okay. Like Jeffrey, where are you? And he said, he looked out the room because we could see this tower, and he said, Ohio State. I'm like, you're at Ohio State, and he said, yeah. I'm like, no, Jeffrey, you're at Bethesda. Oh, I'm at Bethesda. I'm like, yep, you're at Bethesda. <laughs> so. There's a few times where I would walk in and he'd say, hey, mom. I'm like, what? He goes, can you clean my butt? 
<laughs> I'm like, why? He goes, because I shit myself and I was pushing the button because they wouldn't come in. And then they finally came in and I'm not clean. Hmm. I'm like, okay. So when we moved him from ICU, this is a really funny story. When we moved him from ICU, Jeffrey couldn't talk. It, he was a whisper, if if he would even talk. And we wheeled him in. Well, the nurse was gorgeous. Uh -oh. And the corpsman uh -oh. was, you know, just a corpsman. <laughs> and we were right across the hall from the nurse's station, and they gave him the button. If you need anything, you push the button. So Jeffrey took the button and was continuously pushing the button. <laughs> and they were in the room. I'm like, Jeffrey, you can't push that button. He goes, and he continued to do it, just looked at me and just kept doing it. I'm like, Jeffrey, come on. So they walked out of the room. You know, they got him all situated and everything. They walked out of the room. He wanted that nurse yeah, to come Wrong back. nurse was in the room. Yeah, I so saw that. <laughs> he was pushing that button to get her to come back. And finally, she told him, she says, listen here private shonk you need to quit pushing that button if you need me for something i'll come in but don't just sit there and push the button because you want to see me <laughs> yep he did it again i'm like i'm like i'm taking the button away while i'm here because you don't need anything that i can't do for you so his orneriness you know he always had the orneriness but the day that I knew there was going to be a press conference, I, they had these little TVs, you know, they weren't the big ones that were on the, on the wall. They have these little TVs that you can put right in, on an arm, right in front of your bed. Mm -hmm. So I had told the nurse's station, I said, you need to unplug the TVs in his room. So he was in a room by himself, but it was a double room, but because of his incident, they wouldn't allow anyone else to come in the room because they didn't want to trigger any memories of anything. Mm. Did he even so, remember being in the army or that he'd been deployed or anything? He didn't really talk about anything. Okay. You know, I mean, we talked about stupid stuff. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, he was so drugged up that there really wasn't much conversation. So when he did talk, I mean, I can tell you, I'm, I don't know how many books I read while I was sitting there and, you know, talking to him and he would talk, he would wake up and say something off the wall and then go back to sleep. So it was, you know, he was so drugged up on the oxys and morphine and everything else that they had him on that he didn't really talk a whole lot. So we, um, I forget where I was going with this. Talking about the, t the press conference and the TVs. Oh, so I had went out and told the nurses, I said, when he goes to sleep tonight, you need to unplug the TV entirely mm -hmm. and he said they said okay and i said if he asked to have the tv on you just need to tell him that it's broken and they're like okay so i got in there the next morning and i never saw the news conference at all um they must have they must have just put it out on associated press or whatever i never saw it um so I waited a day before I let him have his TV back. And he's like, mom, I want to watch cartoons. Mom, I want to watch cartoons. I said, well, let me see if I can find a DVD player for you so you can watch something, you know, so you're not just sitting there looking out the window. So he did. 
we did. I got him a DVD and TV, and um, and he was happy with that. So he could just watch whatever. So he was happy with that. But his mindset was a two to three year old at this point. Hmm. So um, so we went to so fast forward. We went to the TBI floor, and um, he started having visitors. Well, his sergeant that um jeffrey hung out with all the time and it was like his mom and dad away from home Mm -hmm. when he was um at fort stewart he was coming home for rnr and um he wanted to come and see jeffrey so dr williamson was jeffrey's um tbi doctor and you know he knew everything that was going on and he told him he said when when Keith comes, Keith needs to tell him and I'll be here when he's, when he tells him because we don't know how he's going to react. And, um, he kept asking about his friends. He did say, um, that he was shot three times. Well, he had a feeding tube, so he thought he was shot in the stomach too. And, um, or no, he said he would say four times because he had a feeding tube and he thought he was, you know, shot in there. And I'm like, no, that's not it. So Keith came with um, the boys and um, there was, they had three sons between him and his wife and Keith told him and he cried. Hmm. And um, the one boy, I call him boy, the men. The one boy, he um, he would have been 21 in October. He had a three-month-old baby Man. and a three-year-old son, both boys, and he was married. The other gentleman was, I think he was 26, mm. 25, 26. Jeffrey was 21. Babies. All of them. Yeah. And... Um, he wasn't married and then um you know my son wasn't married and then the shooter he um he wasn't married either but he was 32 had your son ever said anything about him having weird behavior prior nothing nope and so what i found out was before jeffrey was in the room with his sergeant him and um the other sergeant and the one the 21 year old um that died they were all in the same room well they didn't want e5s and above with the joes is what they called them so e4 below they wanted the e4 below with e4 below and the sergeants with this you know with the sergeants so two days before which was the tuesday jeffrey moved rooms well, the nice thing about where Jeffrey was with, you know, with the other, with the other gentleman and the other sergeant and his sergeant was those two, two of them worked together on day shift, two of them worked night shift. So they wouldn't be in the room, you know, so while mm-hmm. they were sleeping, you know, the guys were working. So it worked out perfect. Mm-hmm. So they moved all their stuff across down one room and across the hall. And the way the rooms were was if you can imagine a building with a bunch of long hallways like a but i believe it was one one long hallway with with wings off the sides kind of like an h all the way through mm-hmm. and 
what they did was they had taken pallets and um, any kind of wood they could find to go between these rooms because the rooms, the way the rooms were, they were like adjoining rooms all the way down, hmm. but they had doors in the hallway. So in the room where my son was shot, there was two doorways on each side, but they were, they were um, boarded up. So on the one side was the Iraqi interpreter, and he's a big man, very, very um, buff, like Denzel Washington buff. And, um, and then on the other side was a special forces guy, and he wasn't, he wasn't there. He was actually on r r It was 100 and some, 175, 172 troops where he was. And they were all mainly special forces, except for a few people in the um, in the unit. And um, of course, the medics were there. And the night that it happened, um, the shooter burst, shot sixteen shots. So, but it was really only four shots by pulling the trigger so some of the weapons were in the room some of them weren't they were supposed to have their weapons with them at all times but jeffrey didn't have his weapon with him there was two weapons in the room and um the shooter they believe shot the one guy he was in the backpack looking for something with a flashlight jeffrey was on his bed the other guy just came back from the shower and he was putting his shower pack up in his locker and um, he just started shooting everybody and um, ladies weapon, either ladies weapon on the bed or against the door. I don't remember now. And he walked out of the room, shut the door and acted like nothing was happening. Wow. And all the guys come out of their rooms, you know, with their weapons and, you know, like we're under attack. Something's going on. And... Um, he's just nonchalant doesn't have his weapon nothing and so i don't remember i don't remember who went in the room first but they opened the door and they seen the bloodshed mm. and sam the interpreter is the one knocked him down and held him down and basically um arrested him but didn't arrest him and moved him into a, a different area everybody was you know yelling for the medics and the doctor and everything and they came running and they did the chest rub on my son the other two were were gone already and they did the chest rub on my son and um they did it a couple times and and i guess he looked up i'm not exactly i don't remember exactly what the guy said and um so they started working on jeffrey immediately so that's that's what we know mm -hmm. that happened but it was about room cleanliness so mm. jeffrey and, and yes exactly that's I what i was gonna I ask your face. did they ever tell you you know did you ever get some kind of word on what caused this guy to to go so i guess it was because of room cleanliness and so jeffrey and his prior roommate moved to this room so they you know they worked nights they had stuff i mean the room was not a mess from the pictures that i saw later and um but the shooter is the one that complained 
and I guess that have they had complained since he moved since they moved in two days ago and um I don't remember who his roommate was before I know it was one of my son's friends but I don't remember which one and I guess there was a lot of bickering back and forth going to the sergeants you know these guys are dirtbags blah 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 they need to clean the room and um we still don't know why Wow. He didn't do it. He says he didn't do it. So I say some Iraqi ninja chicken did it. <laughs> wow. And so nobody else ever had issues. It hasn't come out that there had been warnings about this guy not being quite right or any nope. indications. Nope. Nothing. Man. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, what does your son remember? Today, now today he where does his memory i mean he remembers being over being yeah. deployed he doesn't he says the last thing i remember is going to dinner so we don't know if it was that day mm -hmm. or if it was the day before mm -hmm. he remembers going to dinner and going to the shower so what's his that, current status what what what's life like for him he has a case of cr so he has short-term memory issues. We were at the CRS hospital for three is like, and a half can't years. Remember shit. Yep, me too. Yep, can't remember shit. And and sometimes it's just about convenience for me, but you know, yeah, yeah. No, that's the men. Uh, well, they, it, it is selective memory anyway. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. So, um, so fast forward, he got, um, he got his. They, they regrew his tibia. So I'll tell you about life today. Oh. So they regrew um, four and a quarter inches of his tibia. They didn't put his skull back together. As I used to tell him, Humpty Dumpty wasn't put back together again until December 14th. And so 14 months later. Wow. Um, his leg, they wouldn't put a metal plate in his head because of the um, inflammation factors within his blood because of his leg. So he had a X fix on his leg for 10 months. And yeah, 10 months. So there was a prescription for 100 days that I had to turn. He had um he had what they look like struts to me. Mm -hmm. And I would have to turn them. Mm -hmm. And for 100 days I had a prescription. And the, I'll never forget Dr. Johnson was his doctor. And he's like, it's just going to feel, have you ever had braces before, Jeffrey? And he's like, yeah, I had braces. He goes, well, that's what it's going to feel like. <laughs> he did that first turn. He goes, the fuck it is. I bet. He yeah. goes, I need pain medicine before you do this. Mm -hmm. So they did, um, they gave him pain medicine and, you know, then they turned it. And so it, some of the things that Jeffrey used to say was funny. So anyway so they regrew it took it off they had to wait you know for that to heal and we waited like three months before um dr neil would put jeffrey's head back together so the nice thing about dr neil which you don't see very often is dr neil dealt with jeffrey in launchal he took his head apart he re he replaced his head his skull and then he also got to see Jeffrey through the med board. So he got to see him through the entire thing. Wow. And Jeffrey's the only one that Dr. Neil got to do that for. Wow. Yeah. 
So today, today, does he suffer from headaches? Does he suffer from? Yes. So he does have headaches here and there. Um, he can do everything. He can drive. No seizures. Lives, no seizures. Knock on wood. Mm -hmm. No seizures. Um, just memory issues. Long-term memory, the kid remembers stuff that I don't remember. Um, Are you sure he's not making it up? Remember his nickname now. Come on. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, tell him I'm doubting it. That. Yeah, tell him I'm doubting this. Yeah. Um, remember like that $1,000 you promised me, Mom? Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. So there's, there's times where, you know, he don't remember certain things like names, um, places, he has to use his GPS unless he's been there a few times, then mm -hmm. he knows, you know, how to get there, but it takes him a little while to, to, to get there. So he was labeled a severe TBI mm -hmm. and, um, um, PTSD and survivor's guilt. Okay. Um, what wow. about the leg? Um, he has a bit of a drop foot. He actually can run. Um, he's, his leg swells a lot. If he's on it a lot, it'll swell up, but, and it gives him problems. You know, I tell him, just wait till you get older. It's going to get worse. <laughs> <laughs> way to go, mom. Get you him. have something yeah. to look forward to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 Enjoy what you got right now. <laughs> it's for all the heartache you caused me. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's called justice here. Yeah. <laughs> so is he working? Is he married? So, is he? So he, um, I am a mum mum. So I'm not a grandma. I'm a mom. Mm -hmm. I have a 10-year-old grand grandson and an eight-year-old granddaughter. Jeffrey um, doesn't live in Maryland with me. Um, he lives in North Carolina, and he is a stay-at-home dad. Oh, so he him. he was married and divorced, and um, he has the kids, and the kids are his world. Nice. So he does. Him, yeah does everything for his children mm -hmm. does he is he able to get out and do a lot you were talking about he runs is that something that he does kind of for his own mental health yes good for him yeah is he uh involved with groups like wounded warrior or any of those kinds of things so there's a wounded warrior that um that actually um tyler Jeff, um, I'm not going to say his last name, but Tyler, he's in the yeah, book as well. He's been on our podcast too. Yeah. So Tyler, um, Tyler lives about 45 minutes to an hour from Jeffrey. Good. So, um, so they hook up together, but he doesn't do a whole lot, um, with the warriors, but he has a lot of friends mm -hmm. and I push, you know, going to retreats and doing right. different things. I'm like, Jeffrey, you need to do this. And I can tell. So from August to October, his PTSD usually is really high. Mm. Um, but when he's around his buddies, it's different. What's he's... triggering the PTSD during that time? If he, if his memory of the event, what, what, what kind of pushes it? He knows. Mm -hmm. He knows. Mm -hmm. And um, he knows that it's coming, you know. Um, like his alive day is. This last year was a little better. 
than than the ones in the past Mm -hmm. but he just knows but he's getting some years are worse than some years aren't and but his his ptsd i can't say is better Mm -hmm. it's he's learned to deal with it and you know learned different things to let his anger and everything outlet Mm -hmm. he he knows different outlets running is one of them um smoking is another one and it's not cigarettes Mm -hmm. um (laughs) a lot of that going on these days (laughs) yeah but in my opinion after seeing how many drugs that these guys were on Mm -hmm. and everything you know what knock yourself out yep do it yeah you know that's the way i look at it sure you know sure so um but he's he's doing really well i mean i'm he went to a retreat in December and one of the, um, one of the wounded warriors that was there, he was a Sergeant major and he, um, he looked at Jeffrey and said, I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, he's a survivor right. and finding his new normal. And again, to get out and run, uh, and be able to do that with that kind of an injury, not right. just to the head, but the leg. That's that's some drive. No wonder he's got his nickname that he's got. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me I can't do something. Watch this. Yeah. Yep. And that's exactly his attitude. <laughs> Gosh, I could have given birth to him, I do believe. Yep. They're probably brothers and they just never knew it, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, you know, kudos to you too, Mom. Um, was writing the book therapeutic for you? Telling my story, yes, but I've told my story so many times, mm-hmm. um, you know, that when I tell people my story, they're like, what? You know, they're totally shocked. Right. Or, that really happens. And I'm like, yeah, it wasn't just about, you know, the famous football player that, you know, was friend, friendly fire. You right. know, it happens all the time. Yeah. And um, you just don't hear about it. Right. You know, it's like it's shoved under the rug like a, or a skeleton in the closet and we mm-hmm. just don't talk about it mm-hmm. yeah. but it needs to be it needs to be known because sure. it, it doesn't just happen in the military sure i know it happens in the police force as well you know so fortunately not people, very often but then again the one the times that it does happen you know especially something like this people people need to pay attention right. and we need mm-hmm. to know about it. i take it you didn't hear any more from your friend michelle no. <laughs> Just checking. Yeah. No. <laughs> Wasn't sure she'd follow up with you and Jeffrey or not. No. <laughs> no. We've met many famous people, though. I mean, Gary Sinise is phenomenal. Yes. You know, he's one of them. Yes. Um, we were in the, we were in the, we met Chris Christofferson. And I said, hey, Jeffrey, we were, we were going out to take him outside. And it was like six o'clock at night and i'm like do you know who that is i was gonna ask he goes mom he looks familiar but i don't know who he is he had wrangler blue jeans on um cowboy boots and you know he wasn't dressed like a star and he goes he looks familiar but i don't know who he is i said jeffrey you don't know who that is he goes no i said that's chris christopherson 
He goes, really? I'm like, yeah. Joelle, we'll, we'll fill you in on that later because I'm sure he doesn't know who it is. No idea. It's okay. You're young, but uh, yeah. You need to get Google out. Google is your friend. That's, That's what right. I tell my son. Google it. Google it. That's it. Um, so what's, uh, what's next for you and for Jeffrey? What's, what's on the horizon? So I lost my job while I was at while I was at Bethesda. Mm-hmm. I lost my job. I worked for the um, Department of Navy as a contractor, and it took me a while. Whoa, to get... whoa, 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 Tom! <laughs> back up a minute. Hold on. Your son is injured in the military, and the Navy can't comprehend. You might need to be with him, and so we're going to let I you go. Know. Yeah. Okay. Eleven months. Wow. Eleven months. That's and a, I should have filed unemployment and didn't. Wow. Yeah, Man. that's. That's crazy. That, that it, makes no sense at all, does it? Yeah. But I was a contractor. Had I been a government employee, uh-huh. it probably would have been different. Well, here's an idea. Maybe they should have made you a government employee, <laughs> given yeah. everything going on. And they, sh- they should have put me on leave without pay. Sure. But they gave me a choice to either resign or to... Um, be fired. I, I said, said you can fire, fire me. me. I'd have said fire me. I did. Mm-hmm. I said you can fire me. Yeah, because I, I it's not due to my negligence. Right. We are supposed to be here for the warrior. This is what you know. What are all our mottos are that are contractors that work for the DOD, and you, in turn, are going to fire me because I chose to take care of my wounded son. A warrior. They had seen a warrior, <laughs> and yeah, wasn't it? He was in a wreck, right? Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, he wasn't in a wreck or a motorcycle accident or you know a paragliding ca- accident or whatever. He was serving his country. Well, and you you used the word though you chose. I, I don't think you had a choice. This this right. wasn't like right. You know, he's laid up with a leg injury. It, it, we're talking about he had to have somebody there. Yeah, and who. Yeah, any mama who ain't going to be there, I'd like to meet that mama. But So here's another funny story. So in my so we, every person got orders for the caregiver. So in my orders, it states, if I live under 100 miles, I need to drive to Bethesda every day. <clears throat> and I live 72 miles from Bethesda. But... On my orders, it says that it will fly me. So my running joke was because they they wanted to, they wanted to send us send anyone that was under 100 miles home, and they weren't going to give me gas money either. Go back and forth. Now, mind you, I don't have a job, so where am I pulling this money from? From gas, right? right. And so there's an airport right down the street from me, and I used to say, you know that that helicopter that has the white stripe. That goes to the White House all the time. Mm-hmm. Mine's got a pink stripe, <laughs> and you're gonna fly me up there every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was saying we and, got some we got some equipment that right. probably could have been utilized. Mm-hmm. So I went clear to the Joint Chiefs of Staff about Good this. <laughs> so I didn't do this once that I had to contact. I did this five times to people of authority because. One, you're not messing with this mama. Uh-huh. Two, my son is not a Purple Heart recipient. Three, my son was a friendly fire 
and he got nothing but 100% disabled. That's it. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, there's stuff that needs to be fixed all over this he country. He didn't even get his ribbon for being in the country because he wasn't there 90 days. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, doggone you know, him he, for he not waiting. Still got, he should have still gotten a Purple Heart because he was in a combat theater. Yes. Nope. It's friendly fire. Ay, man. That is well, you know, shame on him not waiting 90 days and, <laughs> and getting shot on the 91st day by his roommate. I mean, are you yeah. kidding me? Oh, mm -hmm. God. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah there are changes yeah. that need to be made everywhere, that's for sure. But So the Purple Heart states that you are in a foreign country mm -hmm. and you do, draw, you do shed blood, mm -hmm. but it has to be the enemy. To me, he is an enemy. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. The shooter is an enemy. You know. Well, wait a minute. Did the people in in um, Texas when the guy went yes crazy? They are they weren't on because I thought they got purple hearts. They did get purple and hearts, and they're not in a foreign they, country. Yeah. Nope. Because he was deemed a terrorist. So why wasn't this guy deemed a terrorist? Because yeah. he didn't shoot enough people. There was an attack on military people. I agree. Man, wow. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't I didn't realize there was a requirement to shoot so many people before you're considered a terrorist. Yeah. I thought it was based on your motives, know. but wow, yeah, that's just wrong. Um mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, Mama, you need to be jumping up and down up in DC a little. I have. I'll be I'll come and... join you. You need some help? <laughs> yeah, I have. I mean, I read about it. You know, we've we've went through different things, you know, checking into it. And it's even his command. His <laughs> command thinks that he deserves it. Yeah. And it didn't happen. Man, that's so. unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. Well, please give him our best and tell him thank you for his service. And we certainly feel like he should have gotten a exactly. purple heart and a whole lot more than what he got. And mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I I think Mama needed an award. That's right. Uh, I always kind of felt like we got the short end of the stick, if, mm -hmm. uh, you know. Um, but it, it's always funny to me at checkouts, and they'll go, oh, military? I go, I gave birth to one. Does that count? They're like, no. And I'm like, how come? That's right. <laughs> but, yeah. but, yeah, thank you for your service in all of this, too. And, uh, you know, again, your story is one that needs to get out and, Joelle, our producer, will make sure that the book is also mentioned. Sure. And where can they, where all can they get the book? Is it available everywhere? No, I believe it. I mean, it's been, oh, it's been six, seven years, eight years, nine years probably since it's been written. I don't even remember now. Um, it used to be able, you used to be able to get it on Amazon. I still believe right. that there are still copies that you can get it. Yeah, I'm pretty oh, yeah, sure that's where my is wife that where got, it? got it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we'll make sure that's out there also. And and again, if we can ever do anything for you or for him here at Under the Shield, uh, we would be honored to help any way we can. And like I said, if you get a, a wild hair and want to go back to D.C., I'll be happy to meet you up there. Uh, <laughs> well, I can tell you right now that there's a lot of caregivers that has lost their stipend, you know, for these moms and that have that take care of their kids 
and some of them are blind, you know, some have no legs at all, Yeah. you know, I mean, like Stacy, you know, she has to help Mark, Mark can't see his hiney, what is Right. there, what is left to be able to put salve on where he needs it. And, you know, you can't very well take a picture of it either to, you know, to put the salve on it. But right now, um, I think until the 16th of February, there is a, there is a, um, like a petition basically to because they're taking the caregivers away will these caregivers give up their lives Yeah. you know to take care of these kids Why are they taking it away? they're taking it away because um whoever's jotting down says that they don't they don't need it that they don't do enough for these service members Huh. Really? Okay. jeez <laughs> <laughs> Uh <laughs> I I have no words and that's not very normal. Um it's a bunch of horse shit if Yeah, you ask yeah, me I'm with you. because the person that's doing this one has never been to bethesda to see now i mean i wish we i wish we they wouldn't allow the tv stations into bethesda and i wish they would have because you only hear of the killed in action You don't hear of the ones that are wounded, Mm -hmm. just like this incident just happened with these three soldiers that were um, shot or, or with the drone, Mm -hmm. All you know, right. Yep. you hear of those people, you don't hear about the casualty, Right. you hear, you know, you don't, you don't hear about them. Well, they're showing up at Bethesda Sure. or well, now it's Walter Reed. Right. So, you know, they're going there and, you know, if it wasn't for the nonprofits, like you guys that helped people get out off of the base and to do things in these different organizations that still do there would the suicide rate would probably be higher much higher And we just had someone on uh, the show also that uh, I would encourage y'all to look at it, highergroundusa.org, uh, that covers mm -hmm. all expenses for um, what they call therapeutic recreation. And they cover everything, transportation, you name it. And I would encourage uh, Jeffrey to look at that because Yeah, I think if, that could be a good thing for him. if you go to highergroundusa.org, that'll take you to their website. And they Yep. do stuff for singles. They do stuff for couples. Yep. They, and I, they mentioned parents. even He even even mentioned the couple, parents too. like if you're not married but you have a caregiver, then you can also bring Yeah. that person too. So. Yeah. So like for me, I'm Jeffrey's caregiver, but I don't get paid because he lives in a different state, Right. but I still overlook all his bills and, you know, answer any, any legal legal type questions you know and I talk to my son or text my son every day we we're in communication every day so you know my my grandkids know Adam he was like 18 months two years old he knows how to FaceTime he grabbed his dad's phone I'm like Adam where are you he goes I'm under the bed I got dad's phone don't tell him you know so so they know how to do it you know Well, good for you for telling this story because, Yeah. again, Thank it, you. it, the more attention There's we can right. bring, and, there, and you're right, there's lots behind you whose story also needs to be told. And Mm -hmm. hopefully we're going to have some changes here in November to January of next year that maybe some other stuff can get done because I think this administration, I don't even know that they know they are the administration, but uh, that they probably aren't paying attention and Right. should be. So, so on that little note, um,
I like Joe as a person and his wife. And actually, I can tell you a quick little story. Um, we went to vice president's house when he was vice president mm -hmm. for dinner. And um, Bo actually gave me his personal email because of Jeffrey's story. And Joe and Jill both cried and told us if there was anything that we needed to let him know. Have you reached and out to them? About I did reach out to Bo. Mm -hmm. And about the caregiver Here's stuff a, being taken well, and those things? No, no, not 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 now, but um because Bo is gone now. Mm -hmm, but um he passed away. But for you know, for everything that we were going through, you know, he was like, you know, just let me know. And I did reach out to him and he did respond. Mm -hmm. You know, so but as a person, I'm okay, but the other side <laughs> politics are eh. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree. I agree. <laughs> well, again, thank you for your time today and for telling your story and writing the book. And we will get this information out. And uh, Tom, you want to wrap this up for us today? Yeah. And so, uh, for our listeners, thanks again for coming back uh, and and being with us today. And we just want to remind you that if you guys are struggling, you're going through some tough times. We are here for you. If you call us at eight five five. 889-2348 and you hit extension one we don't have your number um, stay on the line it'll ring through to the next available stress coach uh, but you will get somebody um, if you want to try to speak to Susan you can you try, can try it luck. on nice. hit extension two um, <laughs> and you'll probably go to her voicemail and then she's got to figure out how to get it off the computer yeah. so so just text me yeah. on my cell phone at 334-324-3570 or call me at night yeah so she says if the sun is up text her if the sun is down call her yes um, if you hit extension three you'll get david cohen who's our counterpart down in alabama and if you hit extension four you'll get me or you can reach me on my cell phone directly at 480-861-6574 families that also goes out to you um, we know that you often are in the shadows and feel left behind, not knowing who you can contact. We are here for you. We have family members from kids to spouses to moms and dads um, that can help you. So we'll find someone that is in your lane and connect you. Uh, again, don't hesitate to call us. We're here for you 24-7. Um, come back next week and see us. So God bless you. God bless this great country. And we'll talk to you soon.